What's good, Internet? And welcome to Super GG Radio's Spooky Spectacular. That's the name, right, Getty? I wanted to go with Spooktacular. Oh, but it's a right, Super GG can... Radio Spooktacular episode. It's a bonus episode. Ooh. It's our Halloween cast. Ooh, and you got Spooky Penny eating spooky food in the background. Damn it, dog. What makes her spooky? Yes. It's um. spooky. <laughs> My dog just had sweep sleep woofs as he said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic episode all around. But we are going to do uh, a bonus Halloween episode where we discuss some... We, we each brought a game or two to the table to discuss uh, particular horror elements or horror games something that really kind of stuck out to us, stand out to us. We're going to have a conversation. And we're going to top it off with a Halloween indie or outie. I wish that the people listening could see us, because I know that we all got dressed up in Halloween costumes specifically for this cast. You know I have my banana suit on. Yes, and that's why I'm wearing this top hat. And that's why I'm wearing a trash badge. Because <laughs> you are trash. Also, got to say, uh, the banana costume, okay reception. Like, people were like kind of hyped on it. But then mm-hmm. if you put a Chiquita banana sticker like right in the middle, man, people were all about it. It was weird. Did they feel like like touching the Chiquita banana yeah. sticker? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Again, uh, it was wild. That that seems See, like an opportunity for strategic placement if you're really uh, inclined. Uh, that's that's horror to me. People <laughs> randomly coming up to you and touching you <laughs> and like, yelling Chiquita! even before it was weird. even before a pandemic. Mm. Like the act of people coming up and touching me still not okay. Well, <laughs> luckily I didn't. Still not this okay. Year. Yeah, well, thank goodness it's not going to happen this year, but... Okay, so with this Halloween episode, we're talking about the spooky games, the games that kind of shook us up and, and had something that stuck out to us. There are classics like the Dead Spaces, but recently I want to talk to you guys about a game I'm currently playing, uh, Alien Isolation. Mm-hmm. This follows the uh, Predator series, right? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. This follows Daughter of Ripley. Daughter of Ripley. That's her first name, right? No. Ripley? No. No, it definitely what? is not. Uh, I think this is Amanda Ripley. I have to look. I can't remember. Uh, I feel like I've never seen these movies then. You've, I've watched them with you, Getty. I know. It's, <laughs> didn't I buy you like the special no, I 25th bought the anniversary edition? I bought the quadrilogy. I like that series. Okay. okay. So there have been a handful of alien games uh, that have come out that have generally have been very, very poorly received. That's just across the board. Alien series does not make for good video games. Now, Alien Isolation takes the things that I like about the Alien series and it, it all is represented. The game starts with a... What, what is it that in the old movies where you see like the, the spotlights and it has the, the movie the movie company? Uh, Par- like, I think it's, like, not, it's not Paramount, but it's uh, one of the ones where it has like the, the horns playing intro. So it does 20th the movie. 20th Century Fox? Yes, it, it was 20th Century Fox. It does Fox the 20th Century, the 20th Century Fox intro. But it's mm-hmm. it looks like, again, it's a CRT scan lines. And, and the game starts and it all looks like it's from the 80s. All the menus are very fuzzy. And it's got the technology too. So when you want to save your game, you have to go to a, a terminal, plug in your card, hit a code... And then it waits. You have to wait like 15 seconds for the save to occur, and it is fair game. You can get murdered through that time. Oh man! So, what kind of aliens are you encountering in this? Because that's 
that's where the horror comes from, the anticipation, the not knowing, and, of course, what it is that's after you. So in this case, you are uh, you're Ripley, the first movie. Uh, she is send- sending out a signal from her ship. The alien is attacked already. And somehow uh, she's floating through space, and another sh- you're out there trying to go find her signal, you and your two uh, spacemates. You, th- while you're doing that and you're trying to find the signal... You run into another space station that seems to have gone cha- gone in full chaos and upheaval. Everyone's looting, rioting, murdering in this space station. Along with that, uh, there is one alien that is roaming the halls. Throw in the fact that the corporation who owns the space station has gone under and has let the cyborgs go rogue. So there are cyborg robot men who are just murdering people. So it that all fits the canon of those movies. Cyborgs the are always androids? the androids. The androids. The androids were always the bishop was the biggest dick bag. Also uh Paul Reiser from Mad About You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that too. If that doesn't scare you. <laughs> he was in part 2. Um but that's so that's the that's the window dressing for what comes to be a game about a BioShock ish kind of world the whole you you come to this place after the party after everything has gone rogue everything has gone to chaos and you're just like what the hell and you see people just looting and murdering and you're that's part of the problem is that it's not the monster the monster doesn't come until later you're you're trying to avoid and hide and do stuff around the the space station avoiding people and i just got to uh chapter six where the androids have gone rogue and i have had a handful of times where the alien has posed a threat and it's it's very much you have a gun which does hell nothing i've shot an android in the face four times did nothing um and then you also have a motion detector scanner uh you have a like a a thing for hacking the doors you can create you can craft med kits and flash bombs but it's pretty much just you have to sneak you got to hide in lockers you have to avoid contact and it's Everything about it is alien in a way. Like the music. The music has the orchestra that's really just pins and needles. The the lighting effects where you just see a shadow of something coming up behind you. I I was walking. Okay, so there's a couple sections where I just booked it. I'm like, there's a bunch of androids, but I can <laughs> juke them. I can juke them. And I booked it through this map. I'm running. It's all first person. And I'm juking these androids and I make it to the end. I'm like, great. I get to the second part, the, the next mission. And it says, go to this place. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm already booking it. And there's going to be, my friends are going to be there. I'm going to book it there too. And I'm booking it, booking it, booking it. And I stop. I'm like, oh, there's an item. I go to pick up the item. And instantly, a razor tail pops through my chest. I'm like, (laughs) holy cow. The alien was in the room. And me Mm -hmm. running and booking it, it doesn't work on the alien. And in fact, caused so much noise that it knew exactly where I was. And just stab me in the chest. I look down, and then all of a sudden you see the claw come over your face and just just claw your face, and that's the end. Oh, so they get into, like, the the door and really show them brutalizing you, huh? It's actually not too bad. The, the only the two things I've seen is the alien's face and it, the little mouth, second mouth comes out and then it goes black. Or sure. the stabbing of the chest. But it's just it, – it's more that it, – for me, it, honestly, it's just the suspense – just the orchestra kicking in at the right time. You're, they use everything, so it's a PlayStation 4, 
And with the PlayStation 4, it has a speaker in the controller, so you're hearing uh, the alien yeah. running through the vents in the controller. <laughs> and it's directional based. So if I go left, I hear it. But if I go right, I don't. And you have to use the motion detector to kind of really, like, how close is he? Oh, crap, I'm, like, screwed. Or, like, okay, I can kind of distance myself. Sound design is so important in horror properties. I mean, it, it provides the right kind of sort of context of the situation and i even love i saw a video of somebody creating the kind of horror sounds with a specialized equipment where you know that sort of shrieking noise that they create create that sort of crescendos as that trying to like indicate danger right yeah and that stuff works so well especially when they get really smart and use some of those as kind of faints to try to fool you into thinking that's going to be one, and then nothing oh, happens. Yeah, and it just so kind of like it hits there, and you're like, oh, no, is something happening, and then doesn't. Right, and it's just to throw you off guard so you don't know when the next one's going to drop. And oh, my God. Yeah. What? I, there's, you know which game did that so well? Which and one? And Joel, Joel's on this bandwagon with me. Uh-huh. Until Dawn. Yes. <laughs> Every... Even when you're exploring the mansion at the beginning of the game and you're making your way through, there's just the subtle nuances of the sound design in there that you're like, oh my god, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, nope. Mm-hmm. Or it's a cat or it's something that, an animal that is scratching at the wood. But that's that's the kind of horror and suspense that but, but that faint it's always just like the pins gonna drop just a few moments later or it'll be like the right nets thing that takes you yeah. off guard and and like that alien isolation thing that alice was talking alice was talking about it always seems like a lot of those times it'll just be a flash of what happens <laughs> and, and then they're turning to someone's reaction or something like that and, and it it plays with audio so well and, and it sounds like the alien game does that pretty well too for what it's going for is there much of a story alex or is it just basically like they're setting you in the setting and the story is your experience playing through it no it, it's this the story is very much your like it, it, it moves from piece to piece and gives you these small but explorable maps the trick is is that they will give you a map that you can you can walk through in a minute the problem being is that there, the threats come in of the androids or the alien, and they give you the like say it's a, say it's a circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to go you know go around the loop. They will throw vents you know in between the different paths to cut a corner or to go around because the alien is now in the hallway and I have to find a way around to get to where I need to go. And they will put the story throughout. So. First, you have to find like a passcode. Then once you find the passcode, you have to go get the key card. And it's it's like as soon as you get the passcode, all the alarms go off. So the alien is pissed and now roaming the halls. And it just becomes figuring out this map. And each chapter is a different kind of very closed in map. So mm-hmm. it does feel like there's stuff to see, stuff to explore, get bonus items, collectibles. You know, you get footage, footage and communication from Ripley and other people on the space station. So your goal is to survive, basically. Well, at, at again, least as far the, story as the story is pulling goes. you through. Because, again, once you get the codes, you then, the, the characters will tell you what you need to do next. You're meeting new people. You're progressing uh, a full, again, story. Because the whole, end of, the whole ending is you trying to get 
the message from your mother and go save her. Okay. All right, so that's that's the hook that's trying to keep you going along. Yeah, the way that the movie ended, or the way any of those movies ends, it really <laughs> leaves it open for interpretation and many, many sequels. Exactly, and in this case, it's one of those side stories that her daughter's trying to go out and reach her and get her. Because I don't know if they necessarily say, like, oh, she was picked up by this other ship. It, Alien 2, she's back out again. She already made it home, right? I believe so. Aliens. And I'll have to rewatch that one. It's Halloween. It's going to be time to do that. But yep. the point being is that this does a good job of doing the Bioshock story, making you move through these small but explorable maps with you know minimal loading times. But then the soundtrack, the just the the way it's it's because it's all orchestra. The the technology of using your decoder as these little weird symbols and tweaking it and tuning it. The save, the save that you have to put your key card in the slot and then hit these codes. Everything takes, like, you have to reload bullet to bullet. You have to hold the gun open, bullet, <laughs> bullet, bullet. And it's just, everything takes a realistic amount of time when you are being chased by androids and it is frightening. And because Getty always tells me you need to, because, ha- you know, in games, they always ask you, how bright do you want a game? And I said, I want to make it the brightest as possible. But <laughs> uh, this game, I said, no, no. Getty says, do realistic. So I made it medium. And I am scared I can only play in roughly half an hour chunks. <laughs> yeah, that's how it should be. Uh... I've died a bunch of times. I, I, I've tried different methods. It has become, you know, I, I, you know anybody getting used to a horror movie the genre in general, just trying to like get themselves used to watching it. I'm trying to get myself used to playing something scary like this. And it has gotten to the point that the alien will kill me. And I just be like, ah, damn it. Okay. Next time I got to juke him that way or something like that. And it's becoming less of a shock. It's more of those unexpected ones because he, like the vents, they say you can go in the vents, but also the aliens in the vents. So I'm waiting for a time (laughs) that he's just going to kill me instantly when I'm just like trying to avoid an Android or me trying to save the game and just get stabbed in the back. I'm waiting for these things to happen. And when they happen, I'm going to be scared all over again. Uh, So that is alien isolation. Uh, I I definitely like it. I think we all picked it up for like a couple of bucks. It's relatively cheap nowadays because it's a little bit older. I believe it came out. um, uh, 2014. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm loving it. It's not too long. I think they said like 10 to 15 hours. But uh, I think I'm going to try to complete this one. Uh, I don't play a lot of horror games, but I would like to finish this one. Now, uh, Joel, did you have did you bring a game to discuss? Well, uh, I've got a few, but Daddy led us into what I think we have to discuss, which is Until Dawn. Uh, Until Dawn came out in 2015. What's interesting about it is that it started as a PlayStation 3 game and was sort of a a PlayStation Move motion control first-person experience. And the development took so long that it carried over into PS4. And those kind of games, you kind of expect long development time, switching from platform to platform, that it would turn out to be this kind of bunk broken experience that didn't play well and this is not that this is this is a really great game guys i mean i I know everybody here played it so that's you know makes it a little easier to talk about but 
number one, the story itself is actually like pretty good for a video game story. It feels <laughs> like it is something that could feasibly work for a well-produced horror movie. Uh, yeah. And so wait before before you go any further, yeah, Joel, this is basically a jab at saying that there's no amnesia elements in this story. Yes, but, but you <laughs> okay. know what I will say? I will say this: I was a little disappointed that it went into mystical elements. I was more hoping for the uh, who done it. It was uh, Bob in the shed. Turns out his parents were both true. I I mean that game. This game takes you there. It does. So for those of you that aren't familiar with Until Dawn, it's third person and you control a cast of characters a as bunch they of teens are going up to the, up to the cabin for the weekend yeah right uh, just horror your horror movie plot yeah i mean the, the premise is that all these people are going up first to this cabin in the mountains and there's a horrific accident where two of the girls go missing and then one of them's a character who's acted by rami malik like before he yep. got big and yep. uh he basically convinces all these friends to come back up, what is it, a year or two later, in order to do sort of a reunion. And, and he puts it with the premise of, like, we're going to bury the hatchet, we're going to try to move on and have time together again to reminisce. And they sort of all start going their separate ways, and that's where the weird stuff starts happening, and all the crazy stuff, where, you know, some people start getting abducted or missing, and... Uh, people are seeing freaky stuff happen and weird saw-esque puzzles exactly <laughs> right 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 but like i i guess i don't know how much you want to spoil the game it's been out so long it's but it's been out i think we can uh if we could throw a couple spoiler i guess spoiler alert alert here yeah but like the one of the main hooks to start with is that Rami Malek is just basically a loon that has set up these traps to spook and scare people. Well, uh, one like, second. I, I do want to. I want to note a couple things. Uh, All star cast of it's not you know it's a their full motion video. The char- the characters are animated to look like they're acting partners. So right. Hayden P- uh, Pinatieri, Peter Stormare. Which that mm. that's a big name right there, Remy mm. Malik, and this is pre blow up with the Queen movie, right? Uh, Brett Dalton from Agents of Shield, yep. Uh, it, it's got it's got a really good cast. Megan Martin. Uh, I just wanted to say that out loud that though that this is a stocked cast for a video game, and and for a video game this far back, it looks really good. Or at least the character models look really good. They they capture the look of these people really well and get very good facial expression through all this too. But uh, yeah, going back to the story though, the wh- what Alex is leading to is that the real backdrop is that there are a history of Wendigo, which are these sort of like... Dangly Sasquatch, dangly white creatures, Sasquatchian kind of, not hairy, but like abominable the, snowman. The whole, the whole idea is they've basically got bodies of steel, <laughs> and and are just these ruthless monsters that eat people. And was it that they were brought about because there were people that were cannibals in this? Yeah, yeah. So that's you get that premise from it that 
these people were trapped on the mountain and they ate each other and it created the Wendigo, which is this nearly impossible monster to defeat. So it puts you in such a situation where you are running for your life. And this that's where the game really gets uh, dark and it starts to take a turn. Because at the beginning, it kind of hints that you can lose yeah. any of the characters at any point, And the story will still progress and you'll get an ending. Uh, but the ending is going to be dependent on who survives. And you can go and everybody can live or everybody can die. It all depends on the decisions that you make. So exactly. you are orchestrating this whole thing so with Raimi his character there is no imminent threat to your people at that point in the game right later once they introduce the supernatural element then all bets are off everything's off the table because anybody can die I know that in my original playthrough I lost two people Mm -hmm. and one of them was due to the fact that the Wendigo can mimic other human voices right and yeah. i was yeah. stupid yeah. wait was that was that later in the game when you're underneath the the yep. house oh my god i that was one of the worst ones for me because i knew it was a like i heard that and i was like that's a trap <laughs> but <laughs> but but also kelly and i played this so much because it's one of the few games that we love so much that we were like, we're going to get all the platinum. So we're going to get the platinum and play through all, all of it and, and get the, uh, to do that. I think you have to get all the endings. Yep. And, and so I was like, I've never done this before. And then I think what you do is you sort of go down to, it looks kind of like a mine shaft almost. And don't you have to open a door because that's where the voice is coming from. If you do, then uh, your character will get sucked in and, yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. But it happens so quickly, and it's just, it is this slow dread that builds as you're getting closer and closer to it. And you know it's going to happen, but you do it anyway. It's, it's that perfect kind of like you're watching a movie in the theater and telling the person, don't go there, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but you see them do it anyway, and, and it makes it that much more disturbing doing it yourself and playing it out that way that's yeah that's what that's what this does is in a in a very positive way gives you the reins of one of those classic teen horrors and even you saying no don't go down there you're the one who did it dummy like you're you, you it's all your fault and that's what makes until dawn special is that you are making your own movie but honestly you don't know that unless you make that mistake yeah. Because there's situations in your mind where you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that this could be fatal. But at the same time, what if it's not? And you're not going to know unless you try it. Yeah. Right. Because there are some times where being cautious is the wrong move. Yep. For sure. But. Oh, yeah. They make you, they really make you pay for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have another one? Because you had mentioned you just wanted to talk about one more. Oh, well, let's start at Getty first, just to make sure we all did a round. Oh, yeah. It. Let's round robin it. So uh, it's no surprise, guys. This year I played Alan Wake, and this is my jam. <laughs> so third person uh, psychological horror game. Hold on, I I, I got it. I've been telling. I, I will I will shout it from the heavens. Everybody should watch Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks is uh, X Files before the X Files. 
It's so weird, kooky, out there, strange. It's not horror, but it's horror adjacent. And it just makes everything tilted on its head. And in this case, Alan Wake is taking, you know, hook by crook, just taking everything from uh, Twin Peaks. As much as it can, it's referencing Twin Peaks whenever. And that's, and uh, obviously it's it's Alan Wake being a third person game where you're in these horror, not really horror, but like just everything's kind of weird and creepy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's fantastic. Get yeah. it, continue. Yeah, so you play as Alan Wake, famous novelist who's uh, kind of down on his luck. He's trying to find his groove again. <laughs> so his wife decides to take him to Bright Falls, not an ominous name at all, uh, small town. And that's kind of where it's it gets a little weird. So the beginning of the game is very innocuous. Uh, you, you think that you're just going to go to this town, you're going to recoup, and you're going to be able to write your novel, your next great novel. Uh, but what then follows as the game progresses is that there's nothing normal about this town. There's weird shadow monsters that live in the darkness, uh, you have to overcome not only problems in in the game, but also problems with your own psyche, as it hints that maybe Alan isn't the most stable individual around. So, what it what it what it does really well is the combat is based around your ability to get to light, uh, either a a street lamp, or you shine a flashlight on the enemies so that they become vulnerable. Only when you've done that can you really uh, attack them and defeat them. But if it only if it were only that simple, uh, some of the bosses that you have to fight, uh, a tractor tra- just like coming after you, trying to mow you down, uh, a swarm of crows, it really makes it not your typical bosses, and I think that makes it more interesting and terrifying at the same time. This a living tractor, living tractor is is crazy. Yeah, you have to dodge out of the way and shine your flashlight on the tractor so that it disappears. You know, Alex said Twin Peaks, and I honestly don't have that as a reference point. But this almost sounds a little Steve Kane too. Stephen Kane. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it it's it sounds like shades of that, and. That makes me a lot more interested in this. Now, if you if you want to take less, uh, like take the supernatural down a level and uh, make it slower, then that's you have for take that of control. Mm-hmm. Less yeah. supernatural, but it's very still supernatural, but like also slower. Twin Peaks is very just more like the weird and wacky and just kind of creepy stuff happening in a town. And Alan Wake kind of goes along with that, obviously with a tractor. And I'm telling you, you got to try the uh, the 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 DLC game that came out for it. But the game really thumbs the line of if this is actually something that's happening in the real world, or if Alan has not just completely gone insane. Because you find out that he's got a history of substance abuse. Uh, he he might not be the best husband in the world because Mm -hmm. as the game progresses, you think that maybe he did something to his wife uh, and that is what causes this whole problem. So pretty early on, his wife, and it's broken up in kind of an episodic format. Uh, If I remember correctly, it's six episodes. And 
each one is uh, kind of a, a bite-sized level that you can make it through pretty quickly. But it's it's got that Max Payne feel to the action. So if you've played Max Payne, you know how the character moves around, uh, not not like Control, where you're flying, literally, literally <laughs> flying around and, uh, with crazy jumps and stuff. You're very human in this. And the the small little things that they add to the game from the stupidity of how many uh, thermoses you can find because there's like a million thermoses in this game i i don't understand that but you can also pick up pages to alan's memoir the book that he's he's trying to complete here and it really makes it just an overall exciting at times terrifying experience. I, I know that there were several parts where the shadow monsters, they'll just come out of nowhere as you're walking through a field and it'll do like this slow motion, like surprise kinda <laughs> kind of thing. Uh from some guy chasing you with a chainsaw. Uh those actually those guys are the worst. Cause you, you really don't think that anything bad is gonna happen while you're creeping through the forest in the middle of the night. Yeah. I don't know. I try. I try to think that a couple times I've been in the forest in the middle of the night. I, I was freaked out the most. I, I mean, it's one of those things of imagination being a, a main driver of what kind of creeps you out. It's the same thing about walking through a graveyard in the middle of the night. It's it's not so much the actual danger of something happening as much as it being sort of dark and unfamiliar that gives your imagination the opportunity to concoct things that would make you leery and, and kind of nervous. And that's really what makes it so psychological. You don't know if Alan is just thinking all of this up in his head mm-hmm. or if there's actually an imminent threat to his life based on shadow people. But, Weird shadow people. But this game, if you have not played it, I sincerely recommend it. If not... It, it's not the scariest thing. It does have some scary parts. It definitely plays off of the psychological horror element. But the story is just... It's good. It's its my Max Payne that I really wish that I had. <laughs> since they... <laughs> since I'm really... I feel like I'm late to the game on this one. Because I lived and died by Max Payne uh, in high school. I remember getting Max Payne 2 and playing it like three four times Mm -hmm. um and even that had some scary parts in it but more uh more in the morbid sense not necessarily yeah like going to the morgue uh extreme drug abuse that kind of stuff but alan is a a pretty good character i don't know i'm excited to see what they are able to do with uh the character in control I, i obviously haven't picked up any of that dlc yet but is it even out I not believe yet. it is. Oh, not it is? Is it? is it? Okay. Is it? Oh, I, I will Maybe not. Well, Maybe not. Nobody's in agreement here, but just <laughs> the idea of uh, a down-on-your-luck novelist, and uh, he's clearly uh, mentally unstable. I mean, that's... I don't know that we're going to have enough time to talk about another game, but the other thing that I wanted to bring up, even even if we don't have a full segment and talk about it, is... Did you guys uh, ever play Eternal Darkness on the GameCube? No, that was one that I missed, although I've heard a lot about it. 
Uh, note, uh, Alan Wake experience for contr- the DLC for Control, uh, August. came out the end of August. Okay, so that that is out. I just haven't had an opportunity to crack into it, but Eternal uh, that, Darkness is... I, the, yeah, I, this was, uh, what, PS2 GameCube era? Yes. It was GameCube. But it was this just is, GameCube. Just GameCube. See, this is where I, I, I never played any game. I, I have held a wave bird once. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, okay, tell me uh, about Eternal Darkness. Uh, I'm not going to go too far into it because uh, it's really something that you have to experience. And uh, it's your Resident Evil, but in a much different sense. So in Resident Evil, obviously, you yourself are trying to cope with the horror, if you played it back in the day, of all of the weird stuff that's happening. Um, but in Eternal Darkness your sanity is actually something that is measured in the game. And that is one of the first times I remember playing a game, because Joel had asked during the week, like, what what games did you play? Not necessarily to be a, a scary game, but made you, like, fearful. Mm-hmm. This game is what really did it for me. Joel, I, this is one of those games that they... You know how you ever see those lists on YouTube of, like, top 10 games for this, this type of... The top 10 games for that, like, Eternal Darkness is on most of them because it is one of the first... Me- it's one of the earliest meta games. It takes like, Psycho Mantis to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Psycho Mantis, yes. Like, pre... I think it's... Pre, no, it's around, it's around the same time as Psycho Mantis. It was up there with that idea. Yeah, this is one of those games that I've never played, but I have read enough about that I did a good gist of the kind of tricks it pulls. And I I get the sense that it's something that if you've played it without much foreknowledge of what happens, it is really affecting and powerful. Yeah. But if you've, if you've heard enough about it already, you already sort of get a forewarning of what tricks it has up its sleeve. It's, it's kind of like uh, if you're going to watch The Sixth Sense but already know what the what the uh hook is you know well at least i mean i will say because it's an older game for those who aren't uh aren't familiar at some point the game starts to lower and raise your volume of your tv including showing a bar at the bottom that will raise and lower like the old uh crt you know big box screens when you would hit the volume button on your tv it would show the volume bar at the bottom they made a generic yeah. volume bar that would raise and lower, and it confused people to think it was their actual TV. Like but it would something go wrong with their TV. A step further than that, you would that that's one of the things that it overtly did. Like you could see it. Other times, you would start to walk your character into a room, and everything would be fine, and then you would get decapitated just from walking through the room. And then it would be like, oh no! A couple of seconds later, your character would walk into the room again. Hmm. It would it would go as far as deleting items in your inventory. Um, this game really messed with you if you did not take care of your character's sanity. So it made that paramount. <laughs> if you didn't want to be freaking out at, you know, one o'clock in the morning <laughs> when you know that you have school the next day. Hey, be happy, be healthy. Check your mental health, you know. It's true. But this, yeah, this game has... It's good messages. Not branching paths, but it's got three different playthroughs that are mildly different. Um, But this game had a lot of different stuff that was going on. I 
I think that, uh, I know I still have a copy of it, so one of these days we should probably figure out who's got a GameCube and, you know. I know somebody who's got a GameCube. If not, I might be able to procure a old Wii with the GameCube ports on it. Oh, that would work for Extra Life. Let's put let's put a pin on that. Let's discuss that offline. Okay. Yeah, I gotta I gotta see if I still have a GameCube, but for sure I have a copy of Eternal Darkness. That's one of the games I refuse to let go of because of just how terrifying okay. it was. Well, and that's never gonna be ported to current stuff either like yeah you're not gonna see eternal darkness on switch well part of it is that those kind of hooks that we talked about they wouldn't work as effectively like the tv tampering with stuff and and stuff like that because they would need to make it like it'd also be kind of impossible to make something be so universal like that old power or volume bar (laughs) tvs the way they used to be you know that used to be such a standard thing and with the way tvs handled stuff differently now uh, I, I would almost be curious to see how they could do a follow-up, but I don't I don't know if that's something that'll ever happen. I, you know, yeah. It's something that would be... I think that it would be good for new generations to see something like that. You know, especially, you know, to see, like, oh, yeah, nowadays everything is new and different, but there are ways to still mess with people to break... You know, obviously we've seen a lot of video games. Doki Doki Literature Club was a horrifying visual novel um i made you play uh was it hack hacknet and yeah. hacknet would turn off the computer on you entirely right these kinds of things are there to subvert the normal conceit of a video game and i think that if there were an eternal darkness too i think that you could still do something like that i always held out hope that they would you know Put out another one, but do a switch port and have it delete every single game on your switch cart. Have it delete all of your memory That's and have it. Nice. <laughs> well, it wouldn't do. No, there was a game that did that at one point that it faked that it was going to do that. So I could I could see that being a conceit where like it's deleting all my saves and all my games, but it's not really. <laughs> That's a yeah. thought. Yeah, I I, I think. You know, clearly, like you said, the, the sort of meta screw with you kind of thing is the vein is in there for indie games. I just, to Jetty's point, that being matched with a Resident Evil style game and having to gauge natural insanity meter and having it be built in as a direct feature of the gameplay, I think that's what would need to be tied in to make it something that's a spiritual successor to that. Yeah. Now, going along with that, Joel, did you have another one for us? Uh, very briefly, I know I joked about it last week, but uh, Haunting <laughs> starring Guy. Have you guys ever heard of this game? N- no. I have not. This nope. is a Sega Genesis game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the conceit is that you play a monster-type creature. It kind of looks like the Frankenstein's monster a little bit, except lanky, uh, called Poltergeist. Nice. The whole The whole premise of the game is you are following around this family that's kind of like spoiled yuppie types, uh, you know, richy rich types. And your whole job is to follow around each of the family of four throughout this house and stare them out of the house one at a time. <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> and how you do that is they can't see you directly, but you can possess items in the room and cause them to see it and freak out. So 
you could say uh, possess a taxidermied bear, and then if they'd walk by that, you could make it roar or something, and you would see the characters like pigtails go up on end or uh, show some visual effect and getting freaked out. Or you could possess a table and have it sort of floating around them, and or pick up a a fruit basket and like throw stuff at them too. And it, it's all that kind of stuff where all all the items in the room are interactive, and each of them sort of have a gauge where they would get more and more freaked out. Like even sometimes they'd be like pissing their pants, and, <laughs> and they'd show like a puddle on the floor, and you'd sort of. St- you sort of, sort of stare them out of a room. And each time you stare them out of a room, these globs of ectoplasm would fall on the floor, and you'd have to collect it, and that would be your life gauge, you know, sort of meter keeping up. Because throughout the level, your life would slowly deplete until you picked that up. And you would get one by one out of the door, and the next level would just be them moving to a bigger, more lavish house. And... I would usually get about three or four levels in of doing that and that. But as it gets harder, when your life gauge gets low because it's moving quicker down each level, these sort of like tentacle, almost like Medusa head creatures would start chasing you around and trying to nip at you and bite at you. And they would be sort of like the you're in danger of dying kind of stuff. Okay. And like going back to what I mentioned before and what you mentioned, Daddy, like, it's one of those games that's not supposed to be scary to you, but like as a kid, that really creeped me out. And it, it was something heads. where, yeah, <laughs> it's like I like this game, but then I'd be like, "Oh crap, I'm losing." I'm just start getting scared now, <laughs> and like this weird dichotomy of like wanting to play this thing because it's it's fun and silly, but then they get to this creepy stuff. But it's another one of those games where it, I could never see it coming to a current console or anything it's probably stuck on Sega Genesis forever but it's such a weird thing and whenever somebody talks about like Halloween games or creepy games or you know stuff like that I think to that and then like the mutant lead football and hockey games just because <laughs> of all the sort of skeletons and uh, odors and zombies and stuff classics now I do want to do a quick shout out to uh, Zombies Ate Your Neighbors. Always yep. a fun one. And that always scared the crap out of me. Uh, I want to shout out to uh, Midnight Ghost Hunt, which is in, uh, still in beta test right now. Uh, a game where you are Ghostbusters, but also you are there. You could also be the ghosts where you possess items and trick people and hurt them. And it's a 4v4 online multiplayer game. That was a lot of fun. And... My last game that I want to talk about, it's a Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I've been talking about it up and down. It is a fantastic game, bright, colorful, heartwarming. But there is one part of the world, because it's an open world map, different sections. You'll have your water area, your des- there's a desert area, there's a lava area, and then there's a sp- Spider area. Ah, spider area. <laughs> there we and go. And the, the spider area is entirely darkness. The mechanic is you have to find fireflies, let them loose, and then follow them up a set path. Or 
hit these plants that will light up with glow uh, innards. But if you don't, or if you're too far behind that firefly, or if you don't get to the next flower in time, you hear, and it closes around you, and then black. Mm -hmm. The spiders are swarming you, unless you stay by that light. And the boss is a giant spider. I'm giant, oversized, kind of, I I could see it being okay. I didn't have too much of a problem with it. It's just the, (laughs) the constant threat of darkness you cannot see whether you need to go up or down, left or right. And that game is more of a platformer doing these hard, complex platforming challenges. And in this instance, you need to do it blind. You need to jump. And if you don't see a platform, double jump. And if you see a wall, you got to jump off the wall and hop up. If, if, if you don't, maybe you got to go down. You don't know and if all you're doing is hoping into this very little orb of light saying, I just, I, that's the way I have to go because it's the only other way. Because all of a sudden, you're like, no, I got to find light. I got to find light quick. And it is creepy, crawly, and uh, it just scared the crap out of me. I beat that part real fast because I, I, I got to <laughs> get through this because I don't want to come back to this. Done with that. That... Uh, creepy crawlies that are just swarming you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just around the screen. You just you're, you see them just start to come around the screen, and it's just it's a bad news bears all around. But bad it's a very difficult bears. game. Yeah, uh, and I just want to bring that up because that is that is a creepy crawly sound design that makes me uncomfortable. And the fact that each jumping platform com- was almost completely blind. Gotta tell you, and they do something something very similar in uh, Hollow Knight, which uh, they Hollow Knight and Ori have gone back and forth with inspirations. Uh, Hollow Knight got a lot from the first Ori, then or the second Ori got a lot from Hollow Knight. So those are that that uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps is a phenomenal game. That spider area, is they, sh- they should really think about a different creature than a spider to be. Something that's supposed to be creepy and threatening. Like, don't throw a curveball. Give a scorpion some time. Well, Hollow Knight, the entire world is bugs. So spiders are much less threatening because everything is a bug. You find a court <laughs> of mantis people. Um, so uh, the creepy crawlies in that one were, um, I believe they were centipedes. Hmm. Centipedes. Also gross, <laughs> and that was also very a uh, creepy crawly. But that you you didn't have a darkness mechanic; it was fine. Now those were our games that we kind of wanted to bring up, discuss, and say, "Hey, these are some good Halloween games, games that kind of get us in the spirit, uh, get that Getty spooky scary. I like to be scared in the dark. That's not me. That's a Getty thing. It's okay. <laughs> now if you have a favorite Halloween game, something that really gets you in the mood, gets you spooky scary, gets you all cuddled up with your partner, and you want to get a good jump scare or you want to get a little unsettled and have a good time, write in to superggradio at gmail.com and let us know your favorite spooky Halloween game. And we have Extra Life, the children's, the charity that all the money goes to the Children's Miracle Network. Maybe we'll play some of your games. Hey, Throw us a couple bucks for the charity. We will for sure play your spooky, scary games. 
Last year we played we played the Blair Witch game and we were all unimpressed. unimpressed. We played Silent Hill too as well. That was spooky scarier <laughs> than uh, than the Blair Witch Project. You know what was spooky scarier was me getting stuck and not making progress, falling into the pool with all yes. of the yeah. <laughs> but please write in superggradio at gmail dot com. Now to close us out because we had a great time having our conversation about our favorite the things that stuck out to us as the Halloween games, something that gave us in the spirit. I have indie or outie, a fun fan favorite. We don't have fans. A fun fan favorite <laughs> game where we, uh, our castmates here, will try to decipher if something is an indie game or something else. Guess what I chose this year, guys? Uh, indie game or haunted house name? Drum roll. Getty, what's your guess? I, Jules is really good. Uh, indie game or... What do we got? Pumpkin beer? <laughs> oh, that would be good. Pumpkin beer. No, it is indie game or B-horror movie. There we go. Okay. B-horror right. movie. Right. And in fact, actually, some of these, I would say C-horror movie. I'm getting my notebook out right now. Hold on. Getty here. Joel here. Okay, okay, you guys ready? I'm not helping to keep track of the score. I'm going <laughs> to no, trust I'm you. I'm keeping track. You guys ready? Yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah. bomb this one. Joel needs a okay. win. Okay. First one. Don't pity me. <laughs> the Sand. Movie. Is The Sand a B-horror movie or an indie game? Movie. And also, these indie games, all horror games. I hope that they would be. I think Daddy's right. I think it's a movie. Getty says The Sand is a movie. Joel says The Sand is a movie. You are both correct. The Sand is a movie. Next. <laughs> the Battle sand. Dogs. Battle Dogs game. Battle Dogs game. <laughs> Joel says game. Yeah. I say game. game. Yeah. Game. You guys are both incorrect. It is also a movie. <laughs> Battle, Battle Dogs. <laughs> Battle Dogs. That sounds like it a game. It looked cool. It looked cool. Some of these I thought like I, I kind of was like, mm, but there that one kind of looked cool. Somebody made Battle Dogs. Yeah, that should. And be I a do cross reference every time. I'm like, video game. Is this a video game? No, it's not cool. Among the Sleep. I'm I think go that's a game. Game, yeah, game on that one. You are both correct. It is a game. It sounds like a game. It actually is very highly lauded. I've it's been on a bunch of lists. Yeah, I've, I've ran that. I've ran across it a few places, but yeah, I've looked at it and debated it. Okay. Another wolf cop. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> Another wolf cop. I'm doing movie. <laughs> That's, yeah, I'm going movie too. That is a movie. <laughs> so is there a movie there called is, wolf There cop? is a wolf cop one. Then I, there is another wolf right. cop. I, I, I'm pretty sure Alex just scrolled through Amazon Prime videos for all the awful, awful Halloween movies they've got. Hey, I didn't put Velocipasser on here. Getty have already seen it. <laughs> I think we've already seen that movie. I think we already added that to one of the yeah. indie outies anyway. We did. Next. Pathologic. That is a game. With certainty. I'm going to go with a movie. It is a game. Hmm. <laughs> they made a sequel. Yeah, I was thinking about playing that. It looks real creepy. 
I had heard good things about that series. Yeah, what is it? Like the premise is that you have a week or something to save a village. <laughs> I'm not good at that. I, I didn't look into that further. Toby, the secret mine. I'm going game. Game? Yeah, I'm going game. Toby, the secret mine is a game. <laughs> it's weird that they didn't put an and. Like, that's legit. That's I, I copied and pasted. Mm-hmm. Toby, the secret mine. All right. All right. I said, okay. Next one. Never-ending nightmares. Go on, movie. I will go game, then. That is a game. Ah. Yeah, I feel all- like that could have gone either way. That was a very, like, ambiguous yeah, title. Yeah, it was. Next one. Blood Punch. Blood Punch? Movie. Blood Punch. Yeah, that's a movie. You guys got it? It's a movie. It's a high-scoring game. I made these too easy. Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Uh, I feel like movie is the answer. <laughs> I feel like movie's the answer. But I feel like it could go either way. Yeah. Mm. And there's like a small part of me that's like, that could be a game. I'm going movie. I, I don't have a choice. I need to go Dame just to see if I can break away, break up a little bit. It is a it is a movie. Yeah, I, I figured, <laughs> but like we're too late in the game now. I've got to start late. making some contrarian choices. <laughs> okay, close to the sun. Game, movie, game. Hmm. Oh man, the blackout club. The blackout club. What was that about giving me a win, Daddy? <laughs> I, I was just. <laughs> I feel like I'm just guessing. What was it? The Blackout Club? The Blackout Club movie. The Blackout Club. That sounds like a movie. Joel? Movie. He said movie. It is a game. It's a game? The Blackout Club is a game. Okay. I gotta check that one out. (laughs) Lastly. Last one. Last one. Boa versus Python. Movie. That's a movie. Fuck. Oh, yeah. That's a (laughs) movie. Getty with 10, Joel with 6. First person co-op horror game centered around a group of teenagers investigating a monstrous secret in a small town. Oh, that doesn't sound bad. Sounds like the plot to Riverdale. <laughs> Are we going to have... Alex, this is the Halloween episode. <laughs> Unless we're... I know. I, I'm literally in our chat. I'm mentioning Riverdale at the drop of a hat. <laughs> hey, you guys want to talk about Riverdale? Let's talk about Riverdale. Riverdale's real sweet, guys. Okay, and that will be it for this year's Super GG Spooktacular. Ooh. That was the name we talked about, right, Getty? Yeah, but we need to make some ghost noises like... Ooh. Yeah, Arana, find some fair use spooky movie to uh, <laughs> intro and outro us.
I will outro us to Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, and you will like it. I'm deal. I'd have to listen to this feature just to hear that. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah? Werewolf Mitzvah. That's spooky. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to talk, tell us an email. Uh, just about any kind of Halloween game, movie. Tell us about our Halloween ritual you have with your family, something that's a lot of fun. Uh, and send it to superggradio at gmail.com. And check us out on all podcast services. Give us a review. Give us a like. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. We aren't bad. Get us bug snacks. Yeah, bug snacks. <laughs> Happy Halloween. We're just, call- we're just carrying this over from the episode. Happy <laughs> Halloween, everybody. GG Joel. Good game. GG Getty. Ooh, spooky good game, Alex. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs>